Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Artist Friendly. I'm Joel Madden, your host. And this week, I am talking to NASCAR Aloe and Miyagi from Death Proof. Miyagi, NASCAR, welcome. Got your mic link figured out. Checking the link. Thanks for having us. Uh, welcome. Thank you guys for coming. Um, okay, so here's where we'll start. We'll start with NASCAR. Why don't you tell me where you're from and uh, how you got here to LA and and uh, where you're at currently? So I'm from North Carolina. I'm okay. from Lexington. Okay. Which is like uh, the barbecue capital of North Carolina. Great. I love barbecue. Uh the barbecue's made over there. I've had better barbecue. Okay. But um yeah, just born and raised there. Grew up all fucking 18 years of my childhood there. Um barely left the state. Yep. Fucking in high school started making some music online. Started uploading to SoundCloud and shit. And then I started getting some show offers from like the from like the underground scene in Charlotte and I would go up there and I'd do shows and I'd come back home and fucking just go to sleep until fucking one day this guy sees one of my shows and he's like you should just move to LA with me man and I was like sure why not barely fucking knew the guy probably like three text threads but I was just like, fuck it, why not? LA's cool. And um, so I worked I worked like a factory job and fucking uh, did that for like three months and saved up a bunch of bread and just bought a ticket. Didn't tell my dad. I told him like probably like two days before the flight. And this was all in at the end of 2018. And- uh, How old were you? I was- 19. Okay, so you, did you graduate high school? Yeah. Okay, so you were out of high school. Fresh out of high school, no job. But was I, music I, at that point already your focus? It was, like, heavily because of, like, the whole, like, Charlotte scene, like, just doing shows. Like, it, it honestly, like, <clears throat> gave me, like, a feeling like that, like, like nothing really else can. Yep. So, like, I I knew that, like, that's what I wanted to do. And obviously, like my dad, he's he's a dad, so he was like, "Right, stop fucking doing this." Right, he wants you to focus on something that he understands. Go, probably. go get a job. Right. <laughs> That's the whole reason I actually got that factory job is because of him. Right, just to show, like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna make you happy. Get a job. The job is actually gonna provide some income that I can use towards my real goal, which I'm not talking to you about because you don't understand it. I think yeah. most parents. I think actually most parents that are trying to raise kids who want to do music uh actually are the same way my mom was the same way like i know she loved me but like she was like you have to figure out a way to go to college and i was like mom I, we're not, there's no college happening <laughs> we do not have the money for college and i got a job and all my all my income was to try and figure out the music around the same age around 18 was when i really like was like all in working two jobs all the money was going to in the 90s we didn't have like soundcloud and those kinds of things so we had to just find a studio that some guy locally had yeah find an engineer record make demos it was like a That's very a analog process um 
but all of the jobs and everything was literally just like this shitty apartment we had because we didn't like we we had to leave home because my mom was like if you're not gonna do what i say you gotta move out yeah my dad did this try to teach us a lesson like <laughs> you're 18 you're not gonna yeah. do it and i was like okay well, we're out so um but if you know force us to just go forward which is probably the most important part go forward right puts our back against the wall so you're in north carolina i guess there's a really like great kind of live scene in charlotte and there's a lot of probably artists trying to make it there and there's probably like a little like ecosystem there of things people trying to make it yeah definitely there there's it was honestly a thriving scene back then i can't really speak for now i mean i've I, I don't really visit home that often, that frequently, except to like go to Lexington and like see my pops. Why not? Uh, just because uh, I, I live out here now. Like I have, I'm under a lease and all that shit. And like, it's your life. Uh, and Epitaph's up the street, MDDN's up the street. Yeah. And doesn't really my, make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense to go back unless you're just going to see your dad. Uh, you know, like holidays and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I actually uh, flew him out for my birthday. Oh, that's great. Uh, he's never been on a plane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you probably hadn't been on a plane until you came here, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I I thought that when the fucking plane, like, starts, like, taking off, man, I thought that that was not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. I was so confused, man. That was the same for me. My first trip was when I came out here for music. But the, the, the scene in Charlotte, like, we would... we. I don't I don't know exactly who was booking all of those shows, but it was just back to back to back to back, like fucking like every like weekend to every two weekends, like somebody booked like a Oso Skate Park and we're gonna go perform there, or somebody booked the fucking uh the fusion lounge, we're gonna go fucking perform there. Right. And I remember even doing some fucking shows in the back of like this dude we knew, like his backyard and shit, like on a pallet stage. That was that was that was probably like I, I wouldn't say the peak of the scene because I don't know now, but uh, the peak of the scene for me, I mean. But you would just play whatever show anyone asks. You're like, I would do Let's anything. Go, I'm ready. I would do absolutely anything yeah. if I could get drunk and I could perform a few songs. Like I'll do it. Right. That was my rate back then. A beer, yeah, <laughs> a six pack. Because your live show is like biggest part about the experience i think with you as an artist yeah. it's your live show if you see your live show i mean we were talking about it mm. off camera about the chaotic kind of nature of your live show yeah. and how it's hard for sometimes for promoters to wrap their head around the what they see as a liability is actually it's a it's a a vibe of your show we were the same way by the way we were just like whatever show fucking tell us we'll show up i don't even care if you pay me just like want to play i want to play in front of the bigger the crowd the better the rowdier the better yeah. first chance you get peace i'm out i'm going to la right straight instinct right that survival of get the fuck out of here and make it is forward that's how i feel yeah go forward so then you're like first chance i'm going to la I'm gonna fucking make it, right? It was it was like uh, the bigger. Uh, I 
I thought about it in my head as a kid, like the bigger the the risk, like the the bigger the reward was gonna be. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just fucking move in with this guy I barely know and fucking I'll just take be a chance on the other side of the goddamn country. <clears throat> but your gut is your gut. If you your gut, there's something super raw about that because you actually ended up with a, with a stand up guy, and you guys seem like a good match. Uh, uh, and we'll get into you know how you got there with him Miyagi, but there's something really like, and I guess I'm I'm highlighting it because like everyone that's listening, a lot of people listening are starting trying to be artists themselves. Sometimes they're, you know, a lot of people listening are music fans who want to know yeah. how the shit works, and as magical as it all is, it feels right. It actually isn't. It's actually just people who had the guts to take that risk. Yeah. And to break out. Now, some of us were lucky because when you come from, um, I think, a lower income, right? You have less opportunity. So you don't, I think you don't get as swept up in the norm as much. So I feel like there's a little bit of space. So we, we, we had, we, we came up with, with not a lot of money. So it like actually gave us a little bit of room to have to make our own decisions and like fend for ourselves. Right. But whatever, wherever you come from, you decided to go down this road at a young age. So a lot of, a lot of people don't get the, like the confidence till they're in their mid twenties to do that. And you just break out, you go to LA, right? You've built the foundation of what a successful career looks like. And you're on the precipice of like, even, you know, your, your greatest heights. Like you can feel that energy when that happens. You can see it with artists. There's a curve that happens. You're on that trajectory right now, um, which we can get into as well. But I'm always interested in how someone decided to make that leap. And for everyone listening, that's like, most people I think are contemplating leaps of faith, leaps yeah. of, most people are, but most people don't do it. Yeah, it's scary. It's, yeah, it's scary, it's uncomfortable, <laughs> they get stuck. And you both have decided to do music with your lives. You could both probably attest that it's hard. It's not like, a predictable lifestyle, but it's also probably like more fulfilling than if you were working at a factory, working your way up or working at some other job, working your way up. I mean, there's career paths. You, you'd likely work your way up to the top of wherever you go. Cause that's what the drive is usually for our, for self-starting artists is like the drive of an entrepreneur. Um, But you chose this and you're working your way up. So you, meet Miyagi online. You obviously saw his show, heard his music right away. You, what, what was that? What was that? It was just right away you saw it and you were like, this kid's got it. Yeah, literally immediately. Um, well, it was actually, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a funny story how I found NASCAR. Um, I was literally taking a shit. Wow. Yeah, I was literally taking a shit. And yeah. I was minding my own business. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, 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 one of my old friends was was playing music. He was just playing music, and he was a DJ. 
So he would always be looking for new music, always be looking for new shit. Yeah. And then I remember he was playing, he was playing X, he was playing Triple X Tentacion. Yeah. And then like it some somewhere along the line, it you know how SoundCloud just drizzles down into smaller and smaller artists as the playlist goes. Yeah. You know, but stay in the genre. Right, right. Which is why I love SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud's you know, great. Love SoundCloud. Um but yeah, so maybe like maybe like a couple songs after the X song played, one of his songs came on. And I just remember I was sitting on the toilet and I was like just was relaxing. Like, yeah, I was relaxing. And then yeah. all of a sudden I was like, whoa. I was like, and I, I then literally. all this shit came out at once. <laughs> yeah. As soon like, as the <laughs> fucking song came on. It was just like. But no. It, uh, it's a great uh, way to discover someone. Yeah, I mean, I was completely, uh, what's the word? I was like. Baffled. No. 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 I was baffled Flabbergasted. Too. No, I was. <laughs> what's the word for innocent? I was like caught. Night, you caught with your pants down. Yeah, I was caught with my pants down. <laughs> yeah, I was just like raw. But anyway, I, I heard it, and then I was like, I the song was so hard to me that I was like, I was like, is that X? I was screaming out from the toilet. I was like, is that X? And then nobody said anything, and I was like, yo, I was like, hey, I was like, somebody fucking tell me who the fuck that is. And then somebody was finally like. This is some guy named NASCAR Allo. Like, it's not X. Because at first I was like, the reason why I asked was because, um, well, rest in peace X first. But Yeah, rest in peace X. Rest in peace that dude. He's a great artist. Because I remember when I first heard X, too. And I, I had the same feeling. One of the greatest. Yeah, he's one yeah. of the greatest. When I, when I first heard X, Big Clit showed me him. And it was like a year before he blew up. Mm -hmm. Had like 300 plays on his shit. But I just knew immediately, I was like, this is like what I love. Like, this is like, I, I didn't know it was punk rap at the moment. Or it, it wasn't It wasn't yet. It was like still this sound that but was But it like, is like, but it, it hits you like punk music right. does, right off the- That was the energy. Right in the face, right away from mm -hmm. the first time. Same time I heard it. First time I was like, this is just like punk music. Yeah. And then you see the show, it's like a punk show. It's like an old punk show though. Like. It's it's hard to explain, but like back in the day, there was like real punk, and then there was this punk, and then there right. was all these like different. Like now, it's all it's kind of nice now because mostly things get blended up. But yeah. old guys like me kind of like still remember. We still kind of genreify things, and we go, "That's not real punk. That's oh, like no. <laughs> this, and then that's that." But th none of that matters now. It's just what's good and what's not, right. what, what feels good, what doesn't. Right. And your shows feel like old punk shows, like mm -hmm. the ones I used to see that were like, like when you went as a kid, the first time you ever went to a, a real punk show, yeah. you were scared to go into the crowd a little bit because it was like so wild. Yeah, That's how it feels. I would imagine to see one of your shows sometimes in a good way. Like it's good energy. 100%. Um, Cool. Um, yes, I uh, I couldn't put a I couldn't put a word to the the genre that X was doing until I heard him and right. he he was already calling himself um, well because all right so I heard the music and I I literally jumped off the toilet and was like what I was like who is wipe. this <laughs> yeah I didn't even wipe I was like who is this dude because 
Got to get a Toto, bro. <laughs> What's that? Is the that Japanese, the one that shoots so like up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used that once and I was like, whoa. Mm-mm. That's some freaky shit. <laughs> well, you will enjoy Japan. Right, I can't when wait. When you go to Japan, you'll enjoy it. I'm going to be like, wait a minute, guys, go and use the bathroom. We have the cleanest butts. Use the butts. bathroom for pleasure. We have the cleanest butts. <laughs> right, we got clean butts, clean butts. You know, so, uh, all right, so... I, um, I went and I was like, all right, let me let me look this dude up. I was like, I want to see how many followers he has on um, Instagram. Because the song was only at like 500 plays or something. I was like, I, in my mind, I was like, motherfuckers aren't listening to this right now? I was like, that's crazy. So I was like, he must be new. So I went to his Instagram and, it, and on his, in his Instagram bio, it said, uh, the new Sid Vicious. And then that's, that's when it, it made sense to me immediately. I was like... He literally is the new Sid Vicious. And I was like... How old are you? Uh, I was probably 17. Okay. At that yeah. point. How old are you now? I'm 23. Okay. So you've lived longer than Sid, though. Yeah. Which is great. He made it past that Yeah, you made stage. it past that that stage. Because he was more like Sid when he was I, younger, I was definitely though. on edge at <laughs> yeah. 21. I was scared. It was scary. Everyone. I totally get it. I get it, man. That's, like, that's the age uh, you're coming out of. Your your real youth, and it's. I think you're just dealing with all kinds of shit, mm-hmm. especially if you've been through anything. Put that on top of it. One thing I always people always wonder, like, oh, how come NASCAR is not dropping? How come NASCAR is not doing this? And they'll hit me up, make NASCAR drop, do this. And I'm like, I don't think you guys understand. Like, this dude is a um, is a is a human being that provides art off of how he feels. So it's got to be real. It's got to be real. There's no way we can just be like, all right, let's hit the studio. Let's make a hit. Like this, that's never going to ever be the process for a NASCAR project. And it's always going to be what he feels, whether he's sad, happy, mad. And that's another thing, too. People have to, well, I think his fans have grown with him and have learned. But like, as sometimes they'll be like, why'd you make a sad song? You know, they'll be like, oh, why are you making a happy song? Like, you're supposed to be pissed off. Bro, this guy's human. <laughs> like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's crazy because that's what really got me into NASCAR was once I heard all the other music that he could create, I knew that this dude was a fully well rounded artist. Like, not even just musically, when it comes to drawing, when it comes to. Are you, you draw? Know, he wouldn't say. <laughs> you're an artist, but you're an artist. Yeah, I, I guess. You know, high school and got the fucking uh, North Carolina best art uh, competition. Oh, you got I, an award for it? <laughs> That's great, man. I did like some fucking scratch art, like a like took like four hours on a piece in art class, and because art class was like the only thing I could take seriously. Yeah, because uh, you're an artist, and because I had Dude. a fi art teacher, she was bad. So you had a crush on the art 22. teacher. <laughs> You had a, 22, you had, I was 17. You had, a, you had a crush on the art Nothing teacher. Happened, unfortunately. I want to finish a little bit of the story. So, Because people always ask me this in NASCAR all the time. How how'd you guys meet? And so I want to put it all out there so that we don't have to answer that anymore. Oh, great. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, we're almost there. So, wait, what, where was I at? Uh, you got off the shitter. You didn't wipe your ass. Oh, yeah. I got off the shitter. Didn't wipe my ass. It was like, this is NASCAR. He's a new Sid Vicious. Then um, did you reach out immediately? Immediately, yeah, immediately, immediately mm-hmm. DM'd him like, "Yo, what's up?" You know what I'm saying? Like, 
And he was just like, what's up? I didn't even expect him to hit me back. I was like, this dude's cool. You know I had saying? like fucking, I had like two <laughs> two thousand followers, yeah. man. I would have hit anybody back up. Yeah, but I, in my mind, I was like, this dude's cool as fuck. In my mind, I saw like this is a leader of the new generation, you know. So, and and me, I was like thinking to myself, I gotta use my last bit of coolness to do something. I was like, I've been living my whole life off being cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know it's gotta it's gotta come to an end someday. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna be cool forever, but I'm only gonna be able to make something happen off that shit for so long, you know? So me being an artist as well, I I knew I felt like when I was coming up, all I wanted was a, a mentor or somebody who just actually cared about me. I just wanted to help me. I didn't want money from anybody, I didn't want a record deal or any of that crap. I just literally wanted somebody to teach me how it works. You know how it works. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, I can be that for NASCAR. You know yep. what I'm saying? Because I knew I had nothing but pure intentions in my heart. Because I was an art. I am. I am an artist. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a businessman. I just had to learn to to be one. But I was like, I can learn to be a businessman for this kid because I felt like it was so serious. It was literally one of the most important things. I could do in my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, it's bring a a next generation talent and a, a, and, and keep him free and keep him real and like be his dog. Like just, you know what I'm saying? Like really be what I wish I had. And like as soon as we got together, it was just like Kobe, Kobe and Phil. That's why I always tell him, I'd be like, bro, you're gonna be Kobe, I'm gonna be Phil. Yeah. I was like, that's just it. Like we're gonna put together a team. We're gonna build this team off, off of you know what I'm saying. What you got going on, and that's and we're gonna make a championship team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is how Death Proof came along. Yep. But even with Death Proof, it was finding all the artists in Death Proof was just the same way we found NASCAR. It was organic. Organic. It yeah. was just us being involved in the scene, us listening to music. And then hearing shit and be like, oh, man, he's sick. Then we book him for a show, meet him. Damn, he's actually sick in person. Like, I like this motherfucker. And, like, all of our friendships was, like, immediate. Yep. It was like, move in, live together as soon as we meet you. You know what I'm saying? Which I felt was so organic. And that's when I started to feel like we're doing something that's that's one in a million. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I started taking more serious, and he started taking more serious. Yeah, and it actually materialized. I mean, you have to take it serious. Yeah, you have to. Like oh. you were saying earlier, you got to take that risk. And when I when I was telling NASCAR to come out here and take a risk, I was taking a risk as well. Yeah, for me, it was one of the biggest risks in my life because I'm like, I'm getting older. I got two kids. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not successful, I guess. Where are you from, Nagi? I'm I'm from I'm from LA. Okay. I, well, I grew up in I, I was born in Long Beach, came up in LA, okay. then I moved to San Bernardino. I was Got in it. the IE, you know what I'm saying? And then I came back to LA. I did a lot in LA is crazy. It is, man. The whole LA area if you're not from here. Yeah. You know, I'm from Maryland and it's oh, where? small. Oh. Where I'm from is small. That makes sense from Maryland. Yeah. Like and East then Coast. I'm yeah, and then I moved to uh DC. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
And that was a whole crazy thing. Big punk scene in DC. Big punk scene. It was a, a, a big, a, 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 it's an incredible place. Washington, DC is an incredible yeah. place. For anyone that lives in the DMV area, it's interesting. Whenever, you know, out here, when we run into people that are from where we're from, it's really like, unlike any other, it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a real kindred, like you really want people from Maryland to do well. Where I actually grew up was very small very far away and then when i left home i was 18 hitchhiked uh went up and Damn. like spent time in dc spent time in baltimore spent time in annapolis all around and it, and and it's a kind of a small everything's within an hour of each other so you can get anywhere but um lived in it lived all over the state like great place but when i came to la it took me like five years to get comfortable here because it's just so different <laughs> so much shit and i had never on. been i had never been anywhere in the world i'd only been in dc maryland virginia wherever you could drive right like and you know, so i had never been on a plane till i flew to california and um i think i was 19 20 uh when it when i did um it was shocking it was just different it's just so different for someone who'd never only every seen on TV. Fucking, every fucking bump of turbulence. Everything. Just fucking freak out a little bit. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and um, God, I was so, it was, it, it was real though. Like I saved everything from the plane. I saved the like barf bag and the, <laughs> the thing with the instructions, the, yeah. <laughs> the flight. Like what to do with the, yeah. <laughs> I saved all of it. I saved my, I just like was so in awe of it that you really came here and and just being the whole way yeah. the plane the airport everything it's a funny thing me and my brother our friends always kind of laugh because we still have this kind of quality about everything that we try is the best thing we've ever had <laughs> that's amazing <Yeah. laughs> That's the best I've ever had. The bar is like that. The bar is low. How to impress me? And still at, at like at uh, <laughs> forty three. At forty three. By the way, like God bless it. I can buy stuff. I have you know. I can go and buy something if I want it. Yeah. But someone will give me something that I've never tried before. I'm like, that's amazing. I mean. Did you try this? Did you try this? This is amazing. There's like something about new experiences with yeah. us that like, yeah. because I think we didn't have many of them yeah. until we were 19. Right. That like when we started seeing the world, every place was the best place we'd ever been. Every food was the best food we'd ever tried. Every hotel was the nicest hotel we'd ever stayed in. Yeah. And it's still something like that. It, I think it has to do with new, like a new experience. Yeah. If I haven't been there or haven't tried it, when I go, I'm like, God, I mean, guys, have you? This is fucking <laughs> no, amazing. We the same way. We be eating that little mom and pop cafe. Whatever. You're like, this yeah. is incredible. Shit, that's how I was a uh, fucking month ago when I went out to London. That was my first time ever, incredible. ever leaving North America. Yeah. I mean, I've been to Canada, but I wouldn't really call that leaving the country. Yeah, you're like, yeah. wow. And this I was is... just like, look at this place. Peckham? Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> These, people are, These <laughs> people are great. These people are great. Yeah, exactly. But like, there's something about that 
thing, first of all, it's good for us yeah. to enjoy things and right. to be impressed. Because uh, there's a bit, it's a bit like being kids. Like we have to keep some of that. Yeah, we've got to hold on to that. Our creativity is from there. That's kind of, yeah. okay. So like I, revolving back to like sold out shows and shit, like I love playing sold out shows and stuff, but like um, even when it comes to like, I remember we played Corpus Christi not too long ago. And I think like there was four or five heads that came to that show. And then the rest was just people that were just in the bar. Right. And and I I I gave I gave it like my all like 150% just <laughs> to make sure that those five people Kobe got time. the same fucking like show that I would give to like a sold out show. That's amazing. Yeah. Like remember our first show I, in LA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think fucking I don't even remember it was some like girls like little like warehouse like art studio or something. No, the Captain Traps tattoo. So that was not the first one. That was like the the fourth. Our studio. The first one I remember, uh, Zanny was there, and I think uh, Jaleel pulled up. Oh, Jaleel was there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was right before. And that. it was in that girl's art studio. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I was, I was really thinking about the one we did, Captain Traps. That one was fire. Remember? You know which one? Which other one was fire? Was the one. What's that shop? The fucking, it's right across from Fairfax. On Melrose? Right across from Fairfax. Oh, yeah. That, that, it's like a vintage t-shirt shop on Melrose. That show was fun as fuck. We, yeah. we we didn't have no stages back then. Yeah. Like, I had only been out in LA for like, like four or five months. Fucking, like, there would be like 15, 20 people that would come to the shows unless like I could like sneak my way into like opening up for somebody bigger. Yeah. I remember my 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 favorite my favorite memory, uh, or my favorite like show memory is like fucking twenty eighteen. It was uh, Wolf's birthday, and and some guys I knew, the homies, they they were like, "Yo, like, uh, we're gonna have like a couple people like play. Like, do you want to like do a song with like the homie?" I was like, "Yeah, awesome." And uh, at the time, I had a fucking uh, bridge piercing, right? Mm-hmm. And nobody knew me at this show, and. Like I'm just like yo, just cut it on, just cut it on, fuck it. And I, uh, me and my homie start performing, and then there's like this giant like open openness like right in the front of the stage, and so I, I jump down, I threw the mic back, I jump down and I grab the first dude I saw and I slung him like head first at the stage, and then the other the dude next to him, I grabbed him by his shirt and I head butted him in the chest. And my fucking bridge piercing got caught on his flannel, <laughs> and I pulled back, ripped it out. Yeah, and I was just leaking down from the nose, and I didn't even Rip notice until out. until like the homie was like, "Did anyone get go. pictures? Those would be great." No, pictures. there is there's, there's, pictures, there's like yeah. one iPhone picture from that era. Great, I think we used it for like it was some worth it. album art or some or a single art or some or a flyer back in the day. Then I had to wear a Band-Aid for like two months. Bro, it's in the beginning, scar. <laughs> people didn't even know what this dude was. Like punk, as far as punk rap, motherfuckers didn't even know how to mosh. So me and this motherfucker would just fight. Like, we'd be like, oh, y'all not moshing? So I'll just be in the back like, fuck that. I'll just run up, sock NASCAR, then he beat <laughs> the, the fuck he out of me. me back. Yeah, wow. Dude. 
we just start fucking squabbling, like, you know what I'm saying? And then Just people, to get it started? Yeah, and then people oh. started to get like, okay, like, they're together, like, okay. And then like, we're <laughs> laughing and shit, and they're like, okay. This, then we would grab other people, like, man, get your ass in here. And like, you know, just bring motherfuckers in. Niggas was moshing in East Los in, in the real punk. We're talking about bringing moshing to the new age group of kids, like the SoundCloud kids that m- never heard of punking. You know right. what I'm saying? We taught them motherfuckers. Maybe had never moshed before. Had never moshed before. I right. think we just gave them like a like a like a better pain tolerance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like they probably moshed before, but it was probably just like shoulder jumping and shit. Yeah, it was probably like, just like Travis Scott moshing. What do you like. feel like the the music you make? Um, do you think about what is it stream of consciousness? Do you just get in and, and whatever comes out it starts to make sense? Or do you have like a, are, is there a message or is, you know, like, I guess I, I always think like, I mean, <clears throat> when you think of punk, right? Yeah. The Clash was very politically motivated and driven. They were, at the time, they were seeing what was happening and they were talking about it. And the Sex Pistols too, when you think of the Sex Pistols, it was a bit more of chaos. They wanted kind of, uh, the, I think it was like the idea of anarchy is is kind of you know like yeah. the chaos, um, but there was a lot of message in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was um, young people making music about what they were seeing, and when you listen to it now, it stands up. You could say that mm-hmm. a Clash song applies today because we're still. Yeah. You know, we're 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 still battling the same problems in society. Yeah. Right? And certainly in America we are. Yeah. You know, when you say that I think, you know, not to get too much into politics, but um but you could say that we're still dealing with the same problems that we've been dealing with. And that it makes artists they're coming up and they're gonna talk about what they see. And um you know, and some artists are talking about what they see in their own lives, whether it's, you know, uh, whatever, whatever it is you could say, but then there's the poli- the, poli- the political environments we live in as a society always affect the music. Yeah, always. Always, there's always gonna be an, 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 a reaction to. I think what NASCAR, well, my thoughts, yeah, what's your perspective? This, this actually, what's yours? actually, yeah, this is what I got from yeah. Um, for one, when I first found NASCAR, I was so pissed off at the world, literally pissed off, and he had a song called Pissed Off. And there you go. When I heard that, I never in my life felt like a song representing how I felt in that moment ever in my life mm. other than that song. And I was just like, so to me, I feel like, he represents the energy, the climate of of where we're at. It's not. It's not. It's. It's not. He's not like pinpointing certain issues or problems. Right. It's a climate that's in the air, and it's an energy that everyone's feeling, but don't quite know how to say it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he says it. And then also too, on the political aspect and like having a message, he he's very conscious of that. And, but does it very subtly. So certain songs, are like there's a song called Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't really talk about what happened at Chernobyl. 
Cool title though. Exactly. Just that that word alone. It it evokes a a feeling. Mm-hmm. It yeah. evokes a feeling. I don't know. I talk about it a lot because uh, fucking my grandparents did seek refuge from Cambodia. Wow. So okay, that's why it's like kind of a a bigger topic in my music. Like command on which movie. side of your family? Uh, my father's side. Okay, on your dad's side. Yeah. Wow. So I'm I'm basically like. First generation American born Cambodian. Wow. Cambodian American. Yeah. Something. Yeah. That's some crazy shit. That's interesting. Think about that. Your grandparents escape. And had my father in Thailand. In Thailand. While they were fleeing. So in route to hopefully get to America, right? Is yeah. that that was the route they were trying to get to America, or were they just escaping? So, so what they what was going on over there is like they would go to these like refuge camps in Thailand, right, or like whatever bordering country they could like potentially get to, and then there would be American sponsors there because of like their the relief program or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. that the United States was doing about it, and and they and the and these fucking sponsors like some of them would be like would have like good good intentions and like they would actually like try and like help these people like be philanthropists or whatever and fucking get them over to the states whereas like some of the sponsors were like like fucking basically just trying to go over there and get some fucking slaves right and uh so my family got lucky Crazy. my family got really lucky and uh i guess they hopped on a a, a plane or something all the way to fucking virginia wow there and then moved down to North Carolina, and then a couple of years later, I came out. That's insane, dude. So now that makes a lot of sense, though, when you're when you say like your dad, who it seems like you're really close to. You guys My have, best yeah. So you guys are tight. He is coming from a whole different place. Like he's coming from. Him and his parents came over here, and have obviously had to work really hard yeah. to build a life. And, and yeah, my grandparents, they still like barely speak like a fucking lick of English. Right. So like it was up to like their kids to like, like my dad and his brothers to like. To make it. To like basically like pay their rent and like go get a job or. Like, yeah, a- acclimate and get dug in and, and, and build a life here. Yeah. So of course, you know, I think with the, with um, especially that generation, but then knowing that they, that they immigrated here is a whole nother level. But like, even cause when you look at my, my, my parents and my mom, whose only idea of how you are successful is you go to college, you get a degree and then you get a good job and you do a little better than, right. Or a lot better than they did. Yeah. And that's the idea. And so my mom didn't really accept what I did. Until I got paid. Right. That's, that's the only time they understand. <laughs> My dad's still fucking confused about it. Uh, yeah. But once I bought the house, it was real. Yeah, once I had, right. once I bought the house mm-hmm. and I said, mom, look, this is the ha- my house. Like I own it. My, yeah. this is my house. <laughs> then it was real. It was like, oh, wow. You're really like right. making a living. Because I think it's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah, you know, yeah. she gets it. Now she understands I'm an entrepreneur, actually. Yeah. I'm yeah. a businessman. I'm building businesses. I'm building brands. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like I, I always felt that way about yeah. music. I always felt like we were building something, and that we had to be like. We always were good at containing. Uh, it, from my perspective, anyways, I felt like we contained 
live is live. That's where we we let. That's where we're crazy. Mm-hmm. That's where we do it all, tour and live. But in between, this is a business. Let's figure out what we're doing right, what right. we're doing wrong. Can we have a better strategy? Right. Can we build something? And we didn't get it all right, actually. You know what I mean? But like twenty, I guess twenty five years or whatever in. If you do something, you stay at it long enough, you build momentum and you get, you, you figure it out. Yeah. Um, I don't even think I became the best artist I could be till I started, you know, managing NASCAR. And that's what I learned. That's dope. You know, it's crazy. what you give to each other. Yeah, it's yeah what, we do for It's what each all other. good partnerships, I think, all me and my brother and, and everyone that I work with here are just good partners. Because yeah. we all add things to each other. I couldn't do this show without these guys, period. This right. wouldn't happen. Right. Never going to happen. Like, we have to recognize that. First rule of partnership is find someone who does things you can't do. Yeah. Because then it's going to be clear. Yeah. And then when that person sees that you can't do this and they can and they see where they fit in yep. and see how important they are to the puzzle, then that's when the team is working like organically and just... And be open to the idea that you may not be what you think you are. Right. You might be greater. Yeah. Or you might be something you didn't know you were yet. You might be more of an entrepreneur than you thought, more yeah. of a businessman than you thought, more of an artist than you thought. Right. Uh, like be open to that because things grow. You always strike me as a little crazy in a good way. Not like I always just go like he's a little wild, like a little bit, tiny bit, just <laughs> untamed. You feel when we're around, when I've been around you, you feel super chill, calm. But then when I see your stuff, you seem wild. I'm respectfully wild. Yeah. Like, I respect you. I respect what you guys got going on. I, see, we wrapping back to partnership, like, I I want to be an ass to, like, everybody. and then, But, like, he is the one who gets, you know, right the team together and, like, yeah. makes us all play nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's a great partnership. Why, why do you want to be an ass? Are you generally, like, do you feel like maybe you're, like, pissed off? Um... Because your music seems pissed off. It's not a bad thing. I'm just saying, I'm saying what I see. It's like... There's no right or wrong. I know it can be argued that I'm not like antisocial. I mean, I'm fucking here. I'm talking to you. Yeah. But like... That's not antisocial. When it comes to like... (laughs) When it comes to like everything else, like if somebody wants to book me for a show, if somebody wants to... Somebody hit me up in my email and said like, I've got a million dollars for you. I'd probably... I'd probably just turn my phone off. Right. Just like go in the room fucking make a song right you're a little like no like wish to like interact with people yeah right because i don't know um they really find a way to like get under your skin right a lot of people and uh so yeah he he does a lot of the talking (laughs) yeah i do a a lot of i do a lot of the (laughs) screaming yeah (laughs) It works for your music, for sure. Mm. Definitely feel that in your music. Feels like it feels like it's almost like I'm experiencing exactly what you just said when I listen to your music. 
But the truth is, is that life has a way of like taking you down the road, especially if you're making art and you're an artist. I, I uh, hate to break it to you, but you, 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 when I look at like, like <laughs> drawing, which I didn't know, which is fucking cool. You know, my, my brother, um, my twin brother, Benj, um, he's like a prolific painter. Oh shit. Like does insane work, like really, really great work. Um, and just cause he like likes to paint. Um, I just thought that was interesting cause he, he didn't start doing it until later, but I, we always like drew and stuff too. We were yeah. pretty good. And then I realized later on, like we don't, we aren't just one kind of artist. Some artists are right. really great songwriters or really great performers or really great painters or great at drawing yeah. or poets or they're filmmakers. Mm -hmm. But usually artists can do like Everything. a few different yeah. kinds of art. So you should keep the drawing going, I think. You should keep doing art. <coughs> he just started a brand using a lot of his art. Exactly. Like stuff like that where you can apply it. It's mm -hmm. pretty cool. It, it's it, it's pretty cool to think about like your music, the amount of visual art you need for music. No one really talks about that as a skill set. Yeah. And a lot of artists, I think, just outsource it because they're told actually i think by like i think it's gotten into a process of like the the labels or whatever yeah. you get to a point where like ah oh, don't worry kid we got a stylist and we got a this and we got that right. and if you're young enough and you're impressionable enough you think oh this must be how it works when you get to this level so i'll just listen right. but the truth is is that the real artists like generally want to control every aspect and they're like no no i'm gonna do the visuals mm -hmm. whether it's my guy or whether it's me like you could do your own visuals that's cool yeah hell we we pretty much do, we everything, do everything right <laughs> all your own merch yeah we, we get all of that shit like printed by the homies uh we fucking we have homies that produce and like i produce as well and fucking yeah. I write my own lyrics. I cannot imagine spitting somebody else's bars. Like, yeah, I couldn't either. Crazy. Yeah, I couldn't either. <laughs> like, we, I don't know. We try to keep it DIY, like everything. Doesn't make sense to me um, singing other people's lyrics unless you're doing a cover. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, this is a cover. Because how do you feel somebody else's lyrics? And then as a songwriter, how do you feel it, with the it, artist? It blows my mind looking at credits, man. And there's just like fucking like 15 it's writers crazy. on a song. Like, I always find that to be a little And what if weird. the song flops, man? That's 15 people unpaid. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, well, they would say it's a numbers game. So I'm going to write 100 songs and five of right. them are going to do well. And, and that's disgusting to me because like. I mean, bro, I mean, honestly, get your money however you get your money. If yeah, you can yeah. write 100 songs, then fuck it. Write 100 songs and try to... But me, personally, I could never indulge in art in that manner. Like, Right. So so what I think is, that's an artist speaking. And then you separate what we are in the music business. Yeah. So we're So you have people who are literally just working. Yeah. And they don't care. They're like, I'm going to go and I'm going to write 100 songs this year and 10 of them will get cut. And, you know, same with producers. So you, so I don't see anything wrong with that. But if the artist that is singing the song represents yeah. it as something else, that's where you would get like, okay, right. 
I get what you're saying, but that's not that. Right. 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 You, you could say like, I write, I wrote this song about this and I go, yeah, I can kind of tell. <laughs> and then I look on your song and there's only like you and the producer or whoever wrote it. Yeah. That's different than if then I go on your song and there's 20 people and I'm like, right. did you write it about that? <laughs> right. Or did one of these guys write about like, it? Like, how do you really feel? <laughs> that to me is the like complexity and the nuance of like the music business and music and art and where it all meets in the middle. I will say this though, when I look at someone that's like, I wrote this song, he produced it. I get that. It yeah, makes different. sense. Yeah. You did write it. You did write it. You probably have the shit scribbled down in your phone or on a piece of paper. But that's art. And then art and business together is a big fucking messy ball of who said what, who did what, yeah. where did, like, and, and the reality is, is that it's always going to be like this complex, nuanced thing about all of it's going to be uh, what's simple though is when i go back to you nascar what you're conveying when i see it is pure and it's pure simple it's like when you think of like real food is made with a few ingredients yeah you know what i mean right yeah. Not a whole bunch of shit put in it. Right. It's just real ingredients. Anger, frustration, you know, a little chaos comes from that energy. Mm -hmm. Kind of what I always say, like that highly, uh, highly creative, generally highly intelligent, but misunderstood because the intelligence is not necessarily around the traditional, right. you know, like I'm not good at math. I'm not good at English. I'm not good at retaining information that's And that's boring. what NASCAR is here for. He's here to relay the message to the people that don't speak that fucking language. Yeah. Like, we're, there's there's plenty of people who are highly intelligent but don't speak this highly intelligent language. You know, I feel like people are emotionally intelligent right now, you know, and people are figuring out how to get rich off of just being themselves. And, you know, people are becoming entrepreneurs at this it's a artists. new age. It's yeah. a new age. It's a new age. So we don't need to explain things in a statistical way, like, yeah. or in a, you know, in a typical way. If you can get the message from whoever the fuck you get it from to motivate you to go do what you need to fucking do, that's all that matters. Is it possible to, like, I didn't know that about your family. I didn't know that your grandparents and your father came over here. Is it possible too that you like think about it? I mean, I'm not I'm not just just thinking about it as a story, right? Cuz it all to me it's a story, right? Like it's your real life. But it's a story to me. People would come over here to this place at an interesting time in America, right? 76, so the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Mm -hmm. And in North Carolina, which is the South and can be... You know, Racist as shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> There's a lot of racism, and you're dealing with that on an everyday basis as a kid, right? It's kind of one of those scenarios, because I am half white, mm -hmm. and like 
there was like a tight knit like Cambodian like like community like out in Lexington. Right. Like the, the town pops like twenty k. Right. So like everybody kind of knew everybody. Yeah. But like, I was too white to hang out with Asian kids. Right. And I was too Asian to hang out with white kids. Right. So you didn't really fit anywhere. Yeah. So you're dealing with that. And you're dealing with, I'm assuming, like, humble beginnings. What you mean? Like, were you guys rich? Hell no. Okay. So <laughs> so I'm, I, I wasn't assuming, but I was like, okay, I'm assuming like they're, they weren't rich, right? Um, so you're dealing with that. Yeah. And then you're dealing with the pressure of a family that needs you to do better. Because that's the deal, right? Like every generation we have to do better. I mean, that was certainly the pressure I got from my mom was they, they were poor. And so it was always told to me that like, you have to do better. And we, so we were less poor than they were when she was growing up. Yeah. And then my job was to not be like that. So you have to go to college and you have to do this and this Mm -hmm. is how you do it. This is the way. And the whole time you're being told, this is the way. Yeah. And the whole time you don't relate to it. I failed every class. I got terrible grades. I tried actually to get good grades. I did yeah. not try. I actually wanted to achieve. Uh, and by the time I got halfway through high school, I realized like I'm not passing. I'm not. I had to go to night school to get the credits to graduate because yeah. my grades were so bad. And and I was working to pay help my mom pay the bills. And it was just like a crazy time of like I was exhausted. I was working and I could never keep up with school. And but. I wasn't dealing with half the stuff you were dealing with. So you take all of that stuff and put it in a bag and put it on your back. Is it it's fair to say like you'd be pissed off? A little bit. I think I'd be pretty pissed. Yeah. I'd be charred. <laughs> and so like it feels like, especially an artist, right? You're drawing you're listening to music, you're probably relating to, you're probably like, and then suddenly you start making music, you start playing shows, you find this probably like the best release you'd ever had, the best outlet you'd ever had. And I, and it was mixed with Sykes. Right. Because like, I, I would just, I would like probably take like a tab or two and I'd go to a fucking show. Right. And then like, I don't know how, how have you ever moshed on like Sykes? I've never um done psychedelics like over I've never done the like high dose, so I've never tripped. I've only done microdose. Wow. Um, yeah. I should have done that. No, I used to take like, <laughs> like two tabs and like go mosh. <laughs> what are, what, so what are tabs? What are tabs? Uh so there's like a hundred in a sheet of like uh, acid. Right? Okay, acid. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. My boy used to make them too. He would like. Get- I actually prefer. Sorry. No, go ahead. I prefer you do acid to other things out there. I, I'm I'm like fucking clean as sober. hell right now. Oh, that's I good. Smoke cigarettes. That, that's another thing we gotta tell everybody. This guy is fucking sober. <laughs> right. Like, stop fucking thinking this guy is on heroin and fucking coke Only a and little. crack. <laughs> yeah. Like we we get drunk and shit, but like yo, this dude's sober. But, you know, the culture around this kind of music can feel very drug-heavy. Yeah. So I think people assume 
what they assume. I definitely don't help it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to clear the name or anything. I, mean, you right. I just want to let it, I want it to be ambiguous. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seems like you guys are doing good. Are you happy? I'm happy. Uh, are you happy in life? Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. Well, <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah, that's it's his answer. job to not be happy, and it's my job it. to be happy and be like, nah, this shit's not, this shit doesn't suck. 2023 kind of sucks so <laughs> <Yeah>. far. <laughs> it sucks. Where do you see your life going? I see myself making an insane album and uh, potentially buying a mobile home. Great. Like a trailer park home. Yeah. That doesn't sound too bad. It's good. <laughs> We, we well, thank you guys for coming on. Absolutely. Yeah. Always. Hell When's yeah. the album drop? Uh, we got an EP uh, called uh, Hey Asshole. I don't know when the fuck it's dropping. Next month. It'll thank you, sick. guys. Yeah, thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. We'll see you next week.